Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics, 40K Codex Analysis, List Building, Strategy Development, Game Theory, Mentoring. Our mission, to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop. Here's your host, Stephen Box. Hey, and welcome back to the Competitive 40K Podcast. I'm Stephen, and today, joined with Jack once more. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm very well, Stephen. Good afternoon. And we've got a great show lined up today, haven't we? Absolutely. New new, new books, new rules. Yeah. So today, guys, and a massive thank you to Games Workshop for this preview copy, but we're going to be taking a look at the new Adeptus Mechanicus, the ninth edition codex that has been dropped so um, when you're listening to this, you may be able to get your own copy yourself. And um, it is an extremely exciting book that we can't wait to dive into. So what's the format for today then, Jack? Because I'm going to kind of hand the show over to you today. Yeah, so I, I think it's it's very much a kind of an introductionary piece from us into the, the new world of Admech. And I think we're going to cover on the uh, you know, how, how, how they changed, you know, what is, as their play style changed. And then we'll start to break down some of our favorite units and, and potential synergies and, um, and look at the kind of different dogmas and the canticles and what's Katari mean? Or, you know, what units are those and really give everyone a kind of better understanding of, um, Admech in general and, um, what kind of tricks they may be looking to get up to in, in the next couple of months. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the main purpose of today. So really, it's all about clarity, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and I'll be honest. I've, uh, I think I've only played Admech, um, you know, a handful of times. Somehow, it's uh, always seemed to manage to, to dodge them. So lots of uh, lots of new stuff that's been previewed in Warhammer Community looks great, but it's a little bit confusing to me. So uh, I think it'd be great to to quiz you, Steve, about uh, about the Admech, and hopefully we can we can all learn together. Yeah, and this was um, Admech and Army that I've took to tournaments before. Um, I've played a few battle reports with them and obviously being a play tester, I've had access to get some repetitions in with this prior um, as I really like to see what things can do and how things stack up and, um, you know, needed to test them out, didn't I? So I have had a fair few games with the Admech and I am very impressed with what I've seen so far. It's an, ex- like I said, extremely um, well put together book. Um, every unit has play, the rules really well written and um it just leads to a really exciting play style for this army so um they finally feel like a mobile gun line which we can talk about in a moment but you know the game can be quite overwhelming at times and especially this book because like you mentioned earlier you mentioned the word skatari and then you also mentioned the word adeptus mechanicus or cult mechanicus so you've got to think of this book as two separate factions inside one book. That is the easiest way to think about this. This is two armies inside a book. They normally play well together, uh, which is fine, or you can play them individually. So you could just go for one style or you could go for another. And, you know, it's going to be, there's some really exciting combinations out there. So, um, yeah, hopefully today we'll give you that clarity and also a little bit of confidence that if you were to see them across the table, you'll have an idea of some of their tricks. Um, Or if you're maybe considering Admech, this might be the episode just to push you over the edge and start getting some purchases on. So um, yeah, Jack, if I can get you excited about Admech today, then I think I've done my job. Yes. Uh, we've talked about them numerous times about me looking into them and uh, 
Yeah, let's see how we get on today. See if you can uh, get me to to break into them. Yeah, absolutely. Right, then, let's, uh, let's 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 kick off then. So, uh, as you said, Steve, you, you, you've had access to the book for a little while, but uh, what, what was your first impressions when you cracked open that book? Yeah, so for me, um, like I said, there instantly there was lots of interest. You know, interesting choices. It wasn't just I'm going to go Mars because they've got a great stratagem that I'm going to abuse every single turn. Um, which you kind of did in the in the previous codex. There was a couple of standout choices, Belisara's cool being one of them, and then also his abilities on the table were just too good not to have. And there was a couple of other little things here and there, but nothing really as good as him. But now I looked through every single forge, which is basically, you know, a chapter or a legion of the Admech, and I was like, I want a bit of that. Oh, but I like that wall of trait. Oh, but that stratagem. I was <laughs> I, I was really spoiled for choice. Um, but what I didn't find, they weren't all in all of them, if that makes sense. So there was some from ones I really liked in, but then I was like, oh, and that's, that's what makes list design perfect. That you can't just take everything that you want. There's a, you know, you've got to make some hard and fast choices and actually that's what I enjoy the most. So yeah, that was one thing, but then also the play style of the army. It is a extremely hard hitting, but also fragile glass cannon army. So, um, yeah. Uh, and I think um, just picking up on a few points you said there, it's very much the ninth codex design philosophies definitely coming through GW with every unit becoming more interesting. You know, it feels like every unit in that book, especially in the books that have come out to date, are viable you can consider them and i think it, it may be in certainly in eighth edition it, it did kind of shake out to a list and most factions had a, a core set of units and you couldn't really deviate that in a competitive setting but it certainly feels like the, the books are becoming more rounded and giving you much more choice and as you said there there's nothing better when you're writing a list that you you squeeze and then trying to finagle one last little unit in to get, gain access to a cheeky little strategy in front of a trick. But then, you know, how do you balance all that out? I think it's, uh, it's exciting times. Um, again, just in the, in the ninth edition um, to, to be playing the game and, and the Admet book very much seems to be uh, keeping up the good style of uh, codex design. Yeah, absolutely. And also I think for me, it's one of those that um, they've kind of got a lot of mobility back in. Um, and they've got a bit of combat threat now. So in, immediately it's appealing to me because there is, <laughs> you know, that element of combat coming back into the army, which allows them to actually fight and clear off people off objectives. The army now can really play the mission. Whereas before it felt like you had to table your opponent and quickly run around and do your actions. But now you can be a lot more progressive, which is awesome. So, um, Yeah. Which makes a much better and interactive game, doesn't it? When both armies are pushing out, trying to gain board control and gain space over objectives, rather than just one army um, marching across the board, hoping to survive the horrendous shooting phases of the Admech. So again, it's that it's, it seems like a much more balanced um, book in terms of the shooting. Probably been brought down maybe a little bit, but then the melee has been increased significantly to kind of offset that to give you a more rounded um, force. Yeah, but I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some dirty combos which we're going to go over today. Yeah, that's what I said a little bit. The shoes got that maybe got on a little bit. 
but <laughs> we will touch on those combos shortly. Yeah, it's not as like, um, I think before we think about Admech and it's like a, okay, a castle, everything's got to stay within six inches. Okay, now I get exploding sixes, I get my reroll misses, and I just hope for the best that I stick here for a long enough time. <laughs> There's real thought process into this. You've got to make hard and fast decisions as to which units you are going to be uh, putting your command abilities on. And um, that, that you know, in terms of how you use your army-wide abilities, there's some really tough decisions to be made at the tabletop. Play them right and you'll do very well. Play them wrong and actually you'll feel like the army's not doing anything for you at all. Absolutely. And, and that, you know, drives further skill and practice that you need with to play the army that you need to make sure your characters in the right place and the right units to plan all those kind of command phase buffs out which i really like rather than just having that static aura based kind of armies of eighth edition really um so it allows that more progressive play because you can give plus one to hit or ignore cover on a unit and it can go off and do a job and you can do it with a different unit the next turn so uh, it, it does feel like a quite command phase um centric army doesn't it which is quite interesting when you compare against Chikari, which isn't so much it has very little actions to do in the command phase so it's nice to see different styles and designs of rules for, for different armies to kind of suit their uh their, their lore i guess yeah no i'd agree yeah absolutely Okay, so uh, yeah, if you want to get started with the Admech, what kind of uh, what kind of books do you need to to get started with? Okay, so you're only going to need um, you know one main book, and that is the new Codex. You could do some incredible combinations with just this book alone, um, and then obviously there are supplements that you can add to it. So you've got the uh, the Book of Rust, is it? That's the one. Um, so that one, obviously, I think there was one of the different types of forges in there that you can, you know, lean into. But to be honest, if you're just picking up this army for the beginning, just pick up the codex, start from there. And yeah, everything you're going to need to build a really well-balanced force is just going to be in this codex. Um, and then we'll see what happens in the future. But for now, I would get that one as a must. No, cool. Thank you. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the faction specific benefits of the Admech. And um, before you jump into it, because it's um, as you mentioned before, the armies kind of split into two factions, um, two separate armies of the Scutari and the Cult Mechanicus. So could you just give the listeners just a brief overview what fundamentally is the difference between the Scutari and what units generally are in that part of the army, and what's and then what's generally found in the cult mechanicus section? Yeah, so I think you're, I mean, I don't know the law, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. Um, you've basically got two types, right? So you've got your Skatari, and this is typically your very lightweight infantry, lightweight vehicles. Um, so things like the Iron Striders, the Dune Crawlers, basically, I see it as anything that is piloted or is running around with a hood on, cloak, and he doesn't train leg day, <laughs> is a Sakatari model. And then everything else, like your Electro Priests, your um, crazy half-breed people slash bikes, the, uh, the Breaches of the Destroyers, and the thick old, you know, massive set robots, that is your Cult Mechanicus. So you've kind of got like the two... Think of like your elite units being your Colt Mechanicus and your light infantry mobile fire bases, they're your Skatari. And they get different, each have got different keywords 
and they they have different rules for whether they you know they get the doctorino of the um, for Scutari, and then also you get canticles of the Omnisci for the cult mechanicus. So they're your two different types yeah. of benefits that you get. So the canticles of the Omnisci is is a term that we should. Um, for people that played against Admech or played with Admech in 8th edition will all be familiar with. It was an army-wide benefit. So that that did used to affect Skatari and Cult Mechanicus, but they've now split it out between the two different types of um, kind of sub-factions within the book. So you've got a separate section of buffs for the Skatari, as well as the Canticles, which now affects the Cult Mechanicus. And I guess and this is the best way to kind of summarise it. It's very similar to like a chap, um, your combat doctrine, isn't it? Uh, you, you select one buff at the beginning of the turn um, and um, it applies to all those different units. And you, can only, you can only pick one of the things once um, within a battle. I th- I'm sure there's ways to, to manipulate that with stratagems and character abilities and things. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, so the canticles of previous, like you said, 8th edition, um, you had to roll for them and they were a little bit random or you could choose them, but you couldn't use them again. Uh, so now with the Canticles of the Art on Messiah, you you select this at the start of the battle round and there are six to choose from. So you're not always going to use them all because obviously there's only five battle rounds. Now this is also good because it doesn't, you don't have to pick this in your command phase. This is player turn. So some of them, like the first one, uh, which gives you the benefits of light cover, you can start that as of turn one, even if you're going second, which is great. It's just going to help you there. Just make sure, give you that little bit extra survivability. And the other thing you can get is plus one strength in combat. Uh, the next one down is you can ignore combat attrition and you get a five plus feel no pain to mortal wounds. This is the one I really like. You get to re-roll a hit, a wound and a damage roll. And there's some units that really get the benefits of those. And then the one after that is you roll 2d6 for, for your advance roll and you discard the lowest. And some of your Colt Mechanicus units are a little bit slower, so that's quite nice just to give them a little bit extra speed if you need that. And then finally, um, you can make your models minus one to hit in combat for the turn. So these are all useful, whereas I think previously there was only a couple that you would ever really go for. Yeah, definitely. And and, and because of the random nature, it, 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 it never the dice were never forgiving and landed on the right thing needed at the right time. Yeah, I think uh, as you touched on there, it's because uh, it's beginning a battle round. Oh, if I'm going second, great. I'll put light cover across my army. Oh, if I'm going first, maybe you go for the reroll, hit wound and damage instead, and look to, to to really throttle some damage early in the game. And or it could or inverse it. It's it it, it, it puts the um, decisions back onto the player to make the right decision, which um, which is great. Yeah, like I could see that as. You know, for example, turn one, if I'm going first, get the advances on the go. Because if your opponent's null deployed you, you know, set up yourself for a turn two, then go for the <laughs> reroll hit, reroll a wound, reroll a damage, then go for the light cover. Then, you know, do you know what I mean? It depends on who you're playing, the army they've got, um, which is great. So that is for your cult mechanicus, like, like we said, your breaches, your destroyers, your electro priests and your robots. Then the Doctorina, or I don't know how, if that's how you actually pronounce it. But I'm going to go with that. Doctorina? Doctorina? No, I'm happy with Doctorina. Yeah, Doctorina. Um, so this now, they only get four to pick from, and this is for your Skatari units. Uh, so these four, um, it's quite good now as well because 
you get a pro and a con. So if you pick this specific one, so let's say you go for that battle round, you want plus one ballistic skill across your army. You also suffer for minus one weapon skill. So you need to really strategically play that phase well. So if you know you want a good shooting phase, you don't also want to be lining up loads of charges. And then the next one down that you could pick is the opposite. So you could get plus one weapon skill, but minus one ballistic skill. Then the one after that, you could go for an additional three inch move, but your save is going to be reduced by one. And then finally, you can increase your saving throw by one, but it's going to restrict your movement by three inches. So again, there's always that risk reward, which I do really like. And also there's going to be a turn where you don't get any benefit. Mm-hmm. I, I really like all of these collection of abilities um, and the flexibility that's in it. And, um, you know, you get rewarded for making the right decision at the right time. And, and I guess you'll, you'll be punished if you make the wrong decision at the wrong time. But, you know, through practice with the army, you'll learn how to, to really leverage these doctrinas and canticles to your best advantage. So absolutely perfect. Love it. Yeah. And then the other thing you get for being Adeptus Mechanicus is holy orders. Now, your holy orders... There are different ones you can pick from, and these are essentially character upgrades, but massively benefit the army. These are extra command ability um, where you can pick a core unit or, you know, a keyword type unit, and it's going to get a whole host of benefits. um, And you can do actions with these holy orders to then also change the type of buff that you get as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the other aspect of this one is that depending on which one you've gone for, it will reduce the cost of certain CPs if it falls within a certain category as well. So you've got three inbuilt abilities with these holy orders that you get as being an admec player. So the holy orders, um, I think previously they were assigned to warlord traits. Uh, is that still the case or is it a pre-game stratagem or additional points in your army build um, to, to unlock them? How, how do those work now? Yeah, so basically when you induct a tech priest unit, um, you just pay the points for it. Ah, so it's like um, much like your Master of Sanctities and your yeah. Super Apothecaries. It's a pre-game point increase to, to induct them to the Holy Order. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, named characters can't have them, um, but, you know, the other, other ones that you can as well. And like I said, they are progressive abilities, so you can do an action at the start of your command phase. Um, and it's completed at the start of your next command phase, and that's when it really kicks off, then you see. So, yeah. Nice, nice. More more options there. Yeah, and we'll go through those in a bit more detail. And then, like of all these different things, we've mentioned about Skatari, you've got Warlord traits for Tech Priests of the Omnisar, and then you've also got Skatari Warlord traits as well. Um, and then, you know, certain relics can be put on, you know, you, that's all in there like you would expect, along with your chapter-approved rules. So that's your kind of the bare bones of the uh, of the book but yeah i really like the the doctorinas and also there are ways to manipulate that negative side as well which i think a lot of people haven't really leaned into and that is called the broad spectrum data tetherer where you can pick a unit within three to gain its ability on certain vehicles as well so certain vehicles can project this aura and then certain characters can ignore that negative. So what they can do is like ping their command ability on another unit. So it stops getting the negative aspect of it. Nice. So let's say you've got a unit of rust stalkers that you do not want to suffer the, you know, the minus one weapon skill with, 
uh, because you've gone for the plus one ballistic skill, if that unit is within range of a unit with the broad data tetherer, certain characters can, you know, help you ignore that benefit. So it's a really, like we said, sort of command-based army. Yeah, no, awesome. Right, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to, to start looking at some of the Forge Royal dogmas, which uh, in Space Marine language would be um, your chapter your chapter tactics, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And yeah, so with each of these, um, you basically get two bullet points of rules and you also get a Warlord trait, you get a Relic and you get a Stratagem for that um, Forge. They're all, they are also custom Forges as well. But today we're going to really focus on the uh, the main ones, the main forges that you might be familiar with. Yeah, so we got Mar- we got Mars first up. Yeah, yeah, probably the most common admech that you usually see. So, uh, so what are they up to these days? Okay, so Mars really interestingly, um, based on everything we've just said, ignore this because they actually give their first bullet point of their rules is that Skatari units now gain the Canticles. So where they could only get their uh, Doctorinas, they can also now benefit from Canticles as well. So which means that you could get that plus one ballistic skill, but also get the reroll hit wound and damage Canticle if you've chosen both of those. So it's quite a good place for somebody to start with because this actually starts to simplify your decisions because it's going to, like the old days of 8th edition, it's going to affect your entire army. Yeah. And then the second bullet point is each time a unit with this dogma is selected to shoot or fight, you can re-roll one hit roll when resolving that unit's attacks. So again, if you've gone for the thing that allows you to re-roll a hit, re-roll a wound, you can now re-roll two hits, then one wound and one damage. So that's a very strong combination there. So there are your two bullet points. Skatari get the Omnisai, and then you get to re-roll a hit roll. Nice, nice. Your Warlord trait for this one allows you, again, it is on a core unit, and most of these obviously are core units, which are like we've seen with all the other books. And you've got to think there's, it's majority vehicles that don't have the core keyword with a couple of exceptions. So pretty much assume if it's a vehicle, it's not going to have the core keyword and everything else is going to. And like I said, there are a couple of exceptions in, there are actually ways to give the core keyword to certain units um, which is also very like unique for this army, which I do like. But basically, you can, it says, until the start of your next command phase, this Warlord will benefit from the selected canticle instead of one of your active ones. So what you can do is you can pick your Warlord and a unit within six and give it a canticle. So if you always want to have a certain type of unit, for example, in light cover, you can do that. Nice, that uh, gives you even more flexibility to manipulate the... Uh the canticles. Yep. They've then got their relic is an axe, which if you want a red axe, then maybe that's something you want to go for, but it's basically a teeth of terror, extra three attacks, you know, a couple of extra strength, minus five, two damage, nothing, nothing to write, like really write home about, but it's a nice option for those people that want to take it. Then finally, the stratagem, the most famous admech stratagem, Mm -hmm. I would say the wrath of Mars. Now before, what happened was it was two CPs and on any unit, when you shot with that unit on a wound roller six, you did a mortal wound, which was horrific when you could have double shooting robots putting out a hundred shots. Yeah. It creates a real fa- feel bad moments. If you uh, dig feel the brunt of six robots firing twice a Rafa Mars on, 
you could generate a horrendous amount of mortal wounds, which you can't really defend yourself against, can you? Could you? No. What, what they've done now, same wording, it costs one CP. If that unit has a power level of 11 or more, this stratagem costs two CPs. Otherwise, it's one. Uh, so if, if it's under 11 power, power rating, it's only going to be one CP. So what you're going to have to do on your data sheet or your army list is know which units are over that power level of 11. Um, and then also the stratagems remain the same. However, it's capped now at a maximum of six wounds, which is great. Yeah, maximum of six mortal wounds, isn't it now? Which Sorry, is uh, six mortal yeah, wounds. Yeah, yeah. Which which think it's uh, still a very strong ability to have, especially for one CP in most cases. Um, to, to to guarantee an extra six mortal wounds of damage, it's still got still very valid strategy. Yeah, just giving you that consistency you need, isn't it? Then let's move on to Lucius. So this is sorry if I interrupted because this is my, my this is my favourite. I think it's my favourite as well. Is it? Yeah. That is rare that we agree on something, mate. I know, I know. When it comes to this, normally you and I are a bit different. I, but I, I can't believe this is your favourite when uh, when we move on to one further down the list. But uh, I mean, I do like that one too. <laughs> Lucius. Lucius. So Lucius, their two abilities are each time an attack characteristic with a damage characteristic of one is allocated to this model, you get one to your saving throw. And their second bullet point is to get an additional three inch range on their ranged weapons. For me, I like that top bit because it's a very squishy army. So again, mm-hmm. getting that plus one to your saving throw is brilliant. Um, yeah, I love it. Then their warlord trait, again, really like this one. You can pick a core unit within nine inches and that unit cannot be wounded on a roll of a one to three. So it's basically transhuman. Happy days, getting very resilient, these guys. And there is a very good unit you can put this on, which we can talk about later, which I couldn't believe had actually had the core keyword and I had to double check it like four <laughs> times. Okay, then the next one is my favourite relic. And I use this relic a lot and it is literally game winning. It's so tricksy. You pick, it's on a, uh, so this relic goes on obviously a model. And then what you do is once per battle in your movement phase, you can use the relic if you do so until the uh, the bearer's unit and up to one friendly core unit within three can be removed from the table and set up anywhere within nine. A cheeky bit of veil of darkness. Yes, absolutely brilliant. And then the stratagem is you can put units, excluding vehicles, in the deep strike for one CP. And you can use this twice in a strike force battle. That is very good. Quite tricksy, isn't it? Yeah, I, love I, it. I like it. But also, you're just getting that extra bit of durability you need. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so Agrippina. Okay, so Agrippina. Their bullet points are the first one each time a, a model with this dogma makes a ranged attack that targets a unit within half range, the armor penetration is improved by one. So this is when you're up close and personal, you're going to get a little bit, um, you know, more damage. And then also each time an enemy unit declares a charge, that's obviously not within engagement range. You can hold steady or set to defend. So you can overwatch on fives or you can get a plus one to hit in combat. Again, pretty nice. Yeah, decent. Now, the other thing that you can do is their warlord trait essentially gives you um, an aura 
or so select the a model, uh, sorry, select one friendly call unit within six of the warlord. Um, and then when a model is destroyed on a four plus, you can shoot. Okay. So it's Decent. very similar to like yeah. the chapter ancient ability. Yeah. Or you can fight as well with one of its melee weapons, but you know, you just want these as you're going down, you're also putting out shots, which is great. Now their relic, this is also very strong. This is an aura, so it's going to affect all friendly core and also Catafron Servitor units. And Catafron Servitors are is a keyword for the Breachers and Destroyers. So when you're within six of this relic, you can re-roll the wound roll when you target a vehicle. A vehicle. Any vehicle. So at the start of the shooting phase, select one enemy vehicle within 18 of the bearer. And then, okay. the, then the aura kicks off. Yeah, okay, very cool. good. Yeah, that's um, yeah, very good. It's, uh, I'd be a little bit concerned if that was all vehicles every turn. But you got to select one one vehicle per turn, and then you got to be within eighteen. So that's good. They're, obviously, they're powerful, but with its limitations, which is which is good. That's it. The first one you've obviously got to get within eighteen, but yeah, then yeah. it starts to get spicy. Yeah. Um, and then what you can also do then their their stratagem is a before the battle stratagem you can add plus one toughness to those servitor units and you can use this twice in a strike force um so again it just makes your servitors in breaches destroys just a little bit more durable that's good so on to on to Grier. yeah so Grier for me um this used to be like an auto take in a lot of you used to see a lot of Grier allies because of a really good stratagem that they had uh, they also had a refusal to yield. So basically, if you rolled a six on your last point of damage, you ignored it and you just stood back up. So they don't have that anymore. Basically, they automatically pass combat attrition. So if you've got big units of rangers, that's going to be great. And also, um, you get a five plus feel no pain against mortal wounds. So it's okay. Their warlord trait is heroic intervention for six inches. Um, is, that, is that just on the character or was that as an aura? There's actually any Grya core unit within nine of this warlord. Um, kind of heroic six. Yeah. Nice. That's good. So yeah, it can certainly be good if you've got that character nearby and then, you know, you, you want to heroically intervene your units, so you can kick somebody off an objective. Decent. I like it. And you can move up to six as well. Um, the tech priest relic is an additional three inch to your aura abilities. So that's also quite nice. So you're getting that maximum range nine for some of those auras or command phase abilities. And then your stratagem. Um, this is why most people took it as well. One CP. When an enemy psycho attempts to manifest a power within 18 of a Grya unit, roll one D six and you can just deny it on a four plus. Excellent. That's a very useful stratagem to have in your locker when you've got, uh, no other psychic defense. That's it, yeah. And that's one thing to say about the Admic. They're not friends with psychers, so they just don't. This is one of their best ways to deny things. Now, Stygies, again, quite a popular choice before. They now give you dense cover. Now, you get dense on vehicles if your opponent is 18 inches away from that unit. But if you're a core keyword um, and you're not a vehicle, then it's going to be 12 inches. So, so you're basically keeping your minus one to hit. Um, so it's very similar to as it is now, but obviously the vehicles uh, it's from 18 inches, and um, 
No, that's decent. Minus one to hit is always uh, a good army-wide ability. Yeah. Now, the second bullet point for this one is that when you declare a charge, your opponent cannot set to defend or hold steady. So they can't overwatch on fives and they can't get plus one to hit against you. Okay, that's um, maybe a little bit more situation on that, but it's a nice little bonus if you're... Uh, if you, if you like your stygies to get the minus one to hit, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice ability that uh, I'm sure will come up every now and again. Yeah, and then you've also got uh, the Wardle trait at the start of the first battle round. You can select up to two friendly stygies units wholly within your deployment zone, remove them from the battlefield. Then you can set them up anywhere on the battlefield that is wholly within your deployment zone. Um, so again, just great way for some redeployment. And you can also put units into strategic reserves with this ability as well. So good. Yeah, having some redeploy on the table is brilliant. And then the Relic, I'm not a huge fan of this one necessarily myself, um, is it just sort of deals some mortal wounds, basically. And that's uh, at the end of the fight phase, you can use the Relic, and it's one per once per battle only. But then the Stratagem, very nice, use the Stratagem during the deployment, select one Stygy Core Infantry unit, you can s- set this unit up anywhere on the battlefield, that's nine inches away from enemy deployment zones. So again, really, really nice. Very good. They're, yeah, there's a very strong ability, those those redeploys and, those, and that uh, ability to deploy nine inches away. You can put some real threat and, uh, and shenanigans on the go, can't you? And it looks like at the moment you could use this strategy more than once. Okay. Because it's during deployment. Yeah. So uh, interesting there. You could put lots of units in... No Man's Land. Cool, yeah. So let's talk about Riser. Is this the one you thought was going to be my favourite? Well, yeah. it's. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that it isn't your favourite, to be honest. Well, I do like it. I do really like it. But I feel like it's a little bit familiar. <laughs> okay, so the Riser. And you would normally look at this and go, nah, it's going to be rubbish with traditional Admech. But with new Admech, it's tasty. Each time a model with this dogma makes a melee attack, if if you made a charge move, was charged, or per- performed a heroic intervention, add one to that attack's wound roll. Oh, that sounds familiar. Blood Angels. What's the second part? Add one to charge rolls. So, uh, yeah, I've met Blood Angels are, are here. But it gets better. Because, can I just skip straight to the stratagem? Yes. Then we'll come back to the wall of traits. Use the stratagem in your shooting phase. Select when a riser unit is selected to shoot until the end of that phase. Each time a model in that unit makes an attack with a plasma weapon, add one to the damage characteristics. So I'm now a dark angel. Yeah, your weapons are the dark angel rolled in. Perfect. So I fight like a blood angel, shoot like a dark angel. That sounds like a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> thing is when you combine red and green together you get brown we just call them the brown angels there we go sorted another case closed there we go (laughs) okay um so the warlord trait um (laughs) at the start of this fight phase select one riser core unit within six of this warlord until the start of the next fight phase uh you basically get an increased ap by one not bad that's great and then your relic is a pistol which is heavy three, strength seven minus two, two damage. And uh, on modified wound roll of a six, you do two mortal wounds in addition to your damage. I mean, it's all right, but there's better relics I think you're going to be taking. Yeah, I think so. And then 
the next one, the last one is called Metallica. And for this one, models of this dogma do not suffer the penalty to hit uh, while, in, uh, while firing assault weapons. And then also the same for heavy weapons as well. So when you advance, you don't suffer the penalties for, you know, making that advance move um, because you're using assault weapons. And if you move, you don't get the penalties when firing heavy weapons. And then when an enemy unit is within engagement range, you treat that unit as is, uh, below half strength. So ones and twos now start, okay, people start to flee for that combat attrition. Um, their relic is you pick an enemy unit and you make them minus one to hit. Their, sorry, that's their warlord trait. Their relic is a, you can only make one attack with this weapon and you add one to your hit roll, but it's basically a one pump. It's uh, times three strength, minus three, flat four damage. Nice. I mean, I don't can't see a taking it just for that one no. attack but um i think yeah uh, if you ever run metallica i'll make you run it as the one pump melee weapon yeah. i think you gotta take it you get to the start of the table you're like i'm taking metallica do you have the one pump yes i do okay cool carry on who's got it yeah yeah continue um and then you've got the one cp stratagem deafening assault and you it's in the shooting phase select one enemy unit excluding vehicles within 12 you half their movement characteristics and they cannot overwatch or set to defend. And that's all of them. Very nice. Yeah. That's all the dogmas. So you like Lucius. I do like yes. a bit of Lucius too for the tricks, but yeah, Riser is certainly appealing also. I think I'm between Lucius and the, the Stygies. Yes. Did you see, this is the great thing about it, right? There's so many, um, just good options isn't there like you think oh i like that but i would have loved that oh but which is good you don't want it to be this is great warlock trays are meaning you know relics insane auto pick because then it becomes boring so it's nice that each of these different options has some really cool play we're going to stop for a short break and then after this break we'll be back with the unit highlights today's show is sponsored by foreground publishing premium pre-painted MDF terrain perfect for your Warhammer 40k 9th edition games as seen on the Vanguard Tactics stream and battle reports. Just unbox, build and play. And to order your set of terrain, just head over to www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk. This podcast is sponsored by C-Studios, the leading commission painting service for tabletop miniatures. From placing your order, seeing the work in progress and receiving your stunning new models, Siege Studios delivers an incredible service and experience. One of the most exciting days I can ensure you is receiving that parcel at the door and unwrapping the best gift ever. To find out more about getting your army commissioned painted by the professionals, check out www.siegestudios.co.uk. So we're back from the break and... We're going to quickly cover some of the units, aren't we? Yeah, I think we should have a bit of an explore about there's a there's a sneaky couple of new uh, data sheets that have crept in there, haven't there? And uh, I think we're just going to flag some of our favourite changes to, to some of the units as well. Yeah, and also cover some of the significant changes. So the first one is the main man himself, Cool. He's now the Supreme Commander. Now he gives reroll all misses for Mars units and then reroll ones for others. And then what he can also do, he's got reactivate a canticle. So basically he can put a unit in a canticle that's already been or hasn't been yet, similar to the Mars ability. So um, yeah, very strong. I'm guessing his chapter master is pick a unit now. Yeah. His reroll hits, so it's not the aura uh, ability like it was, but uh, 
but yeah, Supreme Commander is a great keyword to have if you're running tight of HQ slots. Yeah. Now, Manipulus still gives you that extra six-inch range um, on certain weapons, but that has been restricted, um, which again is quite nice. The Dominus gives you reroll hits of one, who's we've seen before. And then we've got this new guy called the Techno Archaeologist. I think I nailed yeah, it. Yeah, you, know, you smashed that. I, I was, uh, I, I was certainly dodging that one. And I'm, you know, normally terrible with words. Can't set up within twelve of him, which is quite nice. But he is quite interesting character because he buffs your Catafron destroyers, like your breaches and your destroyers, because they do not have the infantry keyword anymore. They're actually a biker, so they cannot do as many actions. But he allows them to do actions as if they were infantry, and also he allows them to shoot an action as well. So he's got a good little buffing character That's if you're taking... Very good. Yeah, that if you're taking those units, he's a, he's an auto-include, isn't he, then? Like, yeah, if you've built for, like, the Agrippina, where you want the plus one toughness on him and stuff like that, you know, you're taking him. He's the he's the main man for you. So, um, yeah, that's brilliant. Then the next one is a Marshal. Completely new character. He's the guy that allows you to ignore your um, depreciation effects of the... Doctorinas. So that's one of its command abilities. And also he acts as a lieutenant for you, which is reroll ones to wound. And that's an aura based on this on your Skatari units, not on your Colt Mechanicus units. That very good utility piece to, to, to help you with efficiencies there. Now the other thing I would say is all these characters can heal D3 wounds as well, which is good, like they used to be able to. And now the engine seer, they've given him a real reason to take him because you you only took him because he was cheap before. But now he gives you plus one to hit on a vehicle. But it's kind of like you ignite that vehicle. And I believe it's once per game you can do it on that vehicle. So an extra plus one to hit, pretty nice. But this doesn't include the robots. Oh, that's great. So should we quickly dive into some of the changes of the troops? Yeah, let's touch on the breaches and destroys. You mentioned they're, they're now bikes, but they've got some new abilities by into their data sheet. Yeah. Huge weapon boost for the uh, breaches, um, which I really like. They're not core, so they're not going to get your rerolls, but they are a bike. However, they can still move through walls and get gain the ability like the breachable aspect. So because they're a bike, they don't suffer the model, f- uh, the uh, negatives for moving and firing heavy weapons, which is good. Um, but again, they're not infantry anymore. So it does make a bit of a difference. Now, the other thing I would like to say as well is Rangers gained a pre-game three-inch move, which is brilliant for, you know, getting your engage in all fronts, getting into a certain area to do an action. Um, really, really useful bit of kit, that just that extra three-inch pre-game move. Very nice. And then the other thing about the destroyers I forgot to mention with the plasma, when you rolled a one, you used to kill yourself, but now it's just a mortal wound, which is nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're expensive models and uh, losing a whole one is uh, pretty brutal, isn't it? So uh, I think that, that's a great change. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's pretty much your your troops in a nutshell. Yeah, nice. Let's, uh, let's have a look at um, just looking through this and uh, the Datasmith. Uh, he's jumped out. Uh, yeah, so the Datasmith is that little character you get with the robots and he gives them the core keyword now. That is a very good ability from a character. Yeah. But again, real nice reason to actually take him, which I think is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's jump onto a couple of your favourite units, I think, uh, from our conversations, the Infiltrators and the Rust Stalkers. Yeah, so Infiltrators actually infiltrate now, so they can be set up nine inches away. 
great for doing actions. And then there's loads of cool ways to take them off the table and put them back on again. But my favorite unit is the Rust Stalkers. When you do a six to wound, you do a mortal wound, you ignore movement penalties, you get five plus a runnable save, and you're equipped with a power weapon. So these guys can do some horrendous amount of attacks. There's ways to give them additional attacks. Um, and I've put these Rux Stalkers into some of the toughest units out there, but now they actually act as bad as they look. I mean, you know, in a good way. Because <laughs> they look sick. These bladed ninjas do work. So, um, yeah, I think for me, the Rust Stalkers are a standout unit. And now we have a delivery system as well, which I'll touch on. They can actually now go in transports because they couldn't do that before, but now they can actually go in the Dune Riders because the Dune Rider can take any 12 infantry model, any 12, which also means you can put your jump pack infantry in them. That's interesting. I'm not sure if your jump pack boys will want to get in there, but I think your Rust Stalkers definitely want to uh, get a space in the, uh, the toaster taxi. Yeah. And transports have become paramount, haven't they? Absolutely. It's a, it's a great way to play the game. I think, you know, the priests are uh, still very good. Um, I think that they've toned down that three-up invan, um, which now goes to four-up invan, which I don't think will surprise too many people. Um, but they still kick out those mortals on the charge and uh, get good access to mortal wounds. And the shooty priests uh, are still good. I think they've had a, a stat line increase, um, but their stratagem's gone to, to boost at the AP. Yeah. Um, so they've kind of balanced that out. But uh, again, they're, they're great options still. Yeah. And I think you just, what's your preference on model, really? I love the Rust Stalkers, yeah. but yeah, they could they could field an equally good role. Um, the great thing about the Rust Stalkers, they're quite survivable because they get two wounds, but also when they're in cover, they get an additional save. Again, with Lucius against your single damage stuff, you know, you're going to be on a, um, well, you're on a four plus base, plus one when you're in light cover. So you basically get an additional plus two to that. And if it's Lucius, you're on a one plus save in cover. It's brilliant. Sounds pretty nasty. So um, yeah, they can actually be quite hard to shift. Uh, then a couple of significant changes, the Raiders that everyone absolutely loved when the book came out, they've actually dropped to two wounds instead of three, which I think is a little bit fairer because they were just a little bit too hard to kill. For <laughs> They were obnoxious. Yeah. And the stratagem, which a lot of people used with them, is also changed, which we'll touch on later. But they still operate very much as they did. Same with the hounds, the sterilizers, and the... Yeah, let's, let's talk about the sterilizers and the sky stalkers. I was just going to say, they've got some very similar to, like last time, they got the deep strike ability, great for doing actions. One unit can charge and fall back, the other one can fall back and shoot. Um, one gets exploding sixes in combat. The other unit gets plus one attack on the charge. So, you know, they, they really give these units a bit of a buff in combat as well, which is quite nice just to tackle those like sort of smaller units that they might be going into. Um, mm -hmm. That might be set on an objective or something. So, yeah. And there's some really cool stratagems that you've spotted, isn't there, that you can do with these units. So if you want to tell the guys yeah. some of the combos. Well, there's that ability to uh, do a deep strike down and use stratagem to jump back up in the air at the end of the turn. Um so you can jump down, flame or shoot something and then go straight back up into the sky. So it uh, becomes very difficult to, to kind of deal with and kill that, those units. And they can really good, good and effective for clearing out those screens. So a very good unit, in my opinion. It's a great play. Like a hit and run ability. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's not once per game, is it? That stratagem. I don't know. Because I could see people using that every single turn. Obviously, you, you could come down turn, turn two, couldn't you? 
Go up, yeah. come down, turn three. Go up, come down, turn four. Go up, come down, turn five. We'll see how that goes. But that could be quite obnoxious to play against. Absolutely. I think um, the next one's uh, the Iron Striders and Dragoons. I think uh, they were looking good towards the back end of their 8th edition book, but I think they're even better now, I think. Yeah, for one reason and one reason only, and that is the core keyword. Yeah. These guys are insane. Quite easy to kill. Like They've only got six wounds, only toughness five, so you're basically two aggressors when you that's that's exactly what you are is two aggressors but your weapon output you got the twin cognis auto cannon six shots strength seven minus one two damage my personal favorite the assault two las cannon strength nine minus three d3 plus three damage and these are tasty i think uh people complaining about dark lances uh have someone else to moan about Raiders aren't going to stand a chance. No, no. Um, but again, yeah, I, I think the, the D6 damage is not very favourable, in a certainly in a competitive set, setting, because it's so inconsistent. So I, I do like the change to D3 plus 3 on those kind of last cannon type weapons. Um, Say with the Melter getting the plus 2 damage these days. It just it gives you more reason to take these low-volume, high-powered shots. Yeah. And this is a profile, actually. The breaches gained as well was a very similar type of shot. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's actually one profile. The D3 plus three is something I wish they changed to Super Smite. But anyway, different topic. Because like you said, the D6 damage is... You always roll a one, don't you? Sod's Law. Yeah, yeah. That one time you roll a Super Smite, it's a one. That one time your Laz Cannon goes through, you roll a one. But um, the Dragoons, also looking pretty decent in combat. Um, you know, strength eight, minus two, two damage, exploding sixes. Again, it's great. And then each of these units come with those data tetherers. So you can actually buff up your other Skatara units and then you'll use your marshals to stop the depreciation, which is really cool. Yeah, nice. I think um, the Scorpius Disintegrators, so the indirect fire um, tank has a, has a little bit of a tone down from, it's turned its strength down from strength six down to strength five now. Um, which I think is probably a good change for generally across the game. It was such an effective weapon yeah. at the points cost it was. So I think that's I think that's fair and balanced. It's still effective at three D three D three strength five minus one two damage. Uh, it's still a very good indirect weapon to to pick up um, any number of targets. But uh, I think yes, that little sort of change down to strength five is uh, probably a good thing. And the the robots as well lost their double shoot. Yeah, rich. <laughs> but they gained an extra ballistic skill. So, again, not quite as obnoxious. Um, and their guns have slightly changed as well. So one of the weapons is now damage two. Um, so a bit of difference. And, and you can still, you've still got the Aegis or the battle protocols. But also it doesn't buff your invulnerable save either, just your saving throw. So they're a little bit easier to kill now. And they don't shoot quite as many shots but the, the shots they do put through will be better quality. And then finally, I want to talk about the Onagadoon Crawler because I love the fact that each of the weapons are a really good option. I just look at them and think, I don't know what to take. Do I want the Eradication Beam, which is D6 shots, strength eight, minus four, flat three damage. Do I want the Neutron Laser, which is D3 shots, strength 12, minus four, D3 plus three shots, or... 
The one that I'm actually leaning towards is the Twin Onager Heavy Phosphor Blaster. Heavy 8, Strength 6, minus 2, 2 damage. And ignores dense cover as well. So when you've got three of these guys, and they're quite cheap for for this loadout, basically you've got 24 shots at Strength 6, minus 2, 2 damage. I like it. That's Raider hunting, that gun. That, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. No, but, you know, Raiders... Um, Gravis infantry, very very effective into those as well. It's a, it's a, it's I like that profile is something that I'm looking for. The strength six certainly, the minus two, and that two damage I think is a very good profile to be at. Because you've got the las cannons from the iron striders to do the heavy lifting, and you know I just think for their points they're just extremely effective, and it'd be nice to see some of these dune crawlers back on the table again because obviously we've just seen the indirect scorpius, you know. Yeah, yeah. Be what most people take, but for 115 points, it's not bad for that many shots. I don't think, and the base is huge as well, so it's great for screening out your backfield. I found, or just yeah. move blocking. You know, you can throw away a 115 point tank. It's not a problem. And uh, if it's anything like any other Admech vehicle, it's probably got uh, five to twenty um, stubbers strapped to it somewhere as well. Yeah, it's got a couple of stubbers, um, <laughs> and also the great thing about this profile. If them Drakari witches want to wrap me and keep me in combat, feel free, lads. Because heavy eight shots, they're going to do work. Um, so, yeah, really like it. And then you've obviously got the planes um, and the styrocropters and stuff, which you can load out to do some cool stuff. But um, I think we should probably move on, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, um, we mentioned them earlier, but let's, let's have a discussion about these holy orders. Yeah, so these are the holy orders. You pay for your increase. And you, with all of them, as a rule of thumb, you select a friendly call unit within six. Sometimes a Cataphron Destroyer can be picked based on the keyword. And it, depending on the category, will take your CP spend from certain categories down from two to one or reduce it by one. I'll go through each of these. The first one's Generators. The first ability that comes into effect is Exploding Sixes in Combat. And then you can upgrade that to... A six plus feel no pain on a unit. So it's pretty decent, both of those options. So to get the upgrade, you have to do the action. Yeah. So you get that the next turn. Yeah. So you could put exploding sixes onto your unit in your current turn. Yeah, for combat, yeah. Yeah, and then do the action. So then the next turn, you can then throw out the six of feel no pain. Yeah. And the exploding sixes? No, it's progressive. Okay, cool. It takes yeah. place. Yeah, got you. So you, you can either, it's one or the other, um, but then you've got to wait a turn for the the second part. Yeah, and I don't know if you can go back either. I'm, I need to check, but I don't know if you can actually go back in, um, put the other one back on if you wanted it. Okay. So, um, but yeah, but I'm looking through some of these. Uh, I'm not sure uh, you'd want to go back in some instances, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's, um. We'd have to double check the wording on that one. But yeah. anyway, the next one's Logie. And this is where, this is my favourite. I really like this first one. You ignore minus one in minus two AP. And again, I've been putting this on a unit with his Lucius. So if I'm getting that plus one against one damage, I'm also ignoring minus one in minus two AP. So things like burst cannons don't even touch me. No. Sorry, Jack. Move your tail. Yeah, I'm just going to go and have a little cry. <laughs> So yeah, ignore minus one and minus two AP. And then also you can upgrade that to then 
ignore light cover back. So do you want the defensive or the aggressive? Yep. Um, and then the next one is the Magi, and you can get plus two to your advance rolls, which you're immediately upgrading to this next one, exploding sixes for shooting attacks. Nasty stuff. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, yeah. Is that is that just on a core unit? On a core unit. Yeah, so that's um, currently in the, the 8th edition book. It was an aura, wasn't it? So actually, it, st- it still exists, but it's more controlled and it can't be... Uh, put across your whole army, which I think is a step in the right direction. Yeah, you've got to think about it, haven't you? And it is command yeah. phase, so there is yeah. a chance you can just take that unit off the table before you can put it on it. The next one is Artisans, and this gives you the fallback and shoot ability at minus one to hit. But then you can upgrade that to give you plus one strength on a unit for shooting. That's good. Again, very strong. So um, this, all of these things, it just sort of really leans into a playstyle that can be aggressive, but also a little bit more defensive if you want it. So um, I think it, you don't always want to just go for pure aggression. I think leaning into some of the extra defensive abilities helps balance out the army. I think again, you know, with the Canticles and the Doctrinas and these abilities, Logies, um, not these Logies, sorry, these all Holy Orders, it just gives you so much flexibility that you can... Uh, you can change around how your list is going to, how your army is going to perform in any given turn or the next turn in some cases. Um, it's a, it's a real thinking man's uh, army, isn't it? Yeah. It's why I like it because you've got, you could buff one unit to have everything, but then you left your rest of your army's not having anything. So it's, you know, how do you want to play it? Each of these abilities are quite situational, but at the right situation, very good. So again, like, brilliant. Yeah. Right, and shall we uh, move on to some uh, play styles for the Abmech from your uh, first impressions and first games? Yeah, so initially it was a gun line, wasn't it, as we spoke before, but now I think there's two builds here. You're not static no matter what. You've got to be moving. You've got to be progressing up the table. So for me, it really does feel like a very mobile gun line um, for especially the heavier you lean into those Skatari units. Um, you know, obviously if you go for more, the cult Mechanicus, the breaches, the destroyers, the robots, they're just a little bit slower, but certainly still can move. Um, but yeah, very mobile gun line, or you can just go very mobile combat with rust stalkers, electro priests, um, you know, in transport, you could go for some of the things dropping down, you know, charging in. Um, and then also you've got the Dragoons as well. So it, it's now got flavour to be either or, which wasn't, you know, Riser now giving you that basically Blood Angel army hmm. just gives you some really good flexibility. Oh, awesome. That's, um, yeah, we've, co- we've covered, covered the vast majority of the stuff. I think we're just going to highlight a couple of our top relics, warlord traits and stratagems now. Yeah. So for me, the three top relics, out, and this was, the generic ones that anybody can take the exemplar eternity, which can go on a marshal. This only affects Katari units, but you can reroll a hit roll and a wound roll of one. So not just wound rolls of one, you can now get your hit in as well, which is nice. So again, very, very useful. Um, the next one is the Om- Omsidian mask. You get exploding sixes in combat with Skatari, with Skatari units. So it Again, fantastic on them Rust Stalkers. So now they've got exploding sixes with four attacks each. And then the final one is the Temporal Copia. 
Um, and this is a fight last relic. So again, very strong. Decent. Yeah. Yeah. Now the best thing about the mask and the temple copia, which I'm going to cover now is that there is a stratagem in which you can give these relics to your alphas or your princeps, which are basically your sergeants of your Skatari units. So you can inbuild these relics into your units. Obviously, you can only take it once because it's a relic, but yeah. still. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Different. It's really cool. All right, your top three warlord traits. Okay, so first one, emotionless clarity. Love that. Just the wording of it. Fall back in charge. Again. Always handy. If you Exactly. If you're going into that combat-based theme, fall back in charge is awesome. Um, absolutely stand out uh, warlord trait there. The next one is the do you want to have an attempt at saying this one? No. <laughs> the Cato Grammatist something like that? The, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, let's go for it. Cato gra- Gram... Nah, nah, sorry. No, not having it, are you? Um, yeah, so this one is basically Deep Strike for Cult Mechanicus units. So that's your destroyers and that, those kind of stuff. So that's, uh, that's tasty. Yeah, so again, very, very nice there. Um, being able to put some just those, because they're quite big bases, so they can be quite hard to hide. And they're a biker as well. So um, they don't quite, yeah, brilliant. Just bung some of them in deep strike. That's always good. And then they can come down and do their riser stratagem with the damage three plasma or whatever. Brilliant. Um, and then finally, programmed retreat, fall back and shoot. Incredible for yeah, your combat, your, your shooting units. If you, you do get tagged, you can... Uh... Just get yourself out of that and blast away. And one thing I would say about that, that is a Skatari warlord trait, so it will only affect Skatari okay. um, core units um, or data tether units that are on the battlefield. So again, having that core, that, those data tetherers are super important because you can actually now start pinging these abilities around the battlefield, providing you've got a data tetherer. Nice. So it's not just like, I've got this aura. It's really encouraging that diverse, you know, aggressive play. Um and then also the fire point, this is another Skatari one, fire point, telemetry, cache, light cover. And if you already have it, then plus one to your save. Situational, but could be quite nice. There's lots of stacks potentially in those cover saves and manipulating your armor saves to make certain units very resilient. Yeah. I think it's got loads of different plays and options, yeah. Yeah, cool. I think that's... Uh... So on, let's round up on the, a few stratagems I, I, we touched throughout the podcast on, on some when we came across the units, but uh, there's a few more that were just just uh, just that have stood out to us, isn't there? Yeah. So should I rattle through my faves? Yes, do it. Okay. I'm not going to worry about the names. I'm just going to tell you what they do. Okay. So you've got one stratagem that allows you to get plus one attack on those Skitarian units, which are basically your Rust Stalkers. That's where you're going to be using those. Um, to get them up to those four attacks. Uh, you can give them plus one strength on Skatari units. That's another stratagem. So you could go up to strength five with those Rust Stalkers. Um, the next stratagem is like I mentioned earlier, you can basically give your sergeants relics. And I think in a strike force battle, you can do that twice. So again, you can give two of your relics out to your units. The next one is you can remove a Skatarian, Sicarian, whatever unit, um, and also you can do this with the Protraxi unit as well. You can remove it from the, uh, and the Protraxi is those sterilizer, basically the Birdmen. 
you can remove them from the table and bring them and set them back up on the table as well next turn, which is again, great for doing actions, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the next one is Raiders strat has changed. So now these were the Serbius Raiders. They can still make a move when they're charged, but now the target can declare something new. So you can't just move away and go, oh, you failed your charge. They At least they can um, charge and declare something else. Yeah, that, that was some absolutely broken plays you can you, you used to be able to do with uh, with that, especially on multi-charges. So I think that's a, a good change. It still keeps the, the viability of the unit, but uh, yeah, um, at least it, does, it doesn't completely snooker some armies that can't deal with those raiders. So. Yeah, a stratagem that when you're in engagement range, I believe, uh, of a Colt Mechanicus unit, you can make it fight last. Again, very, very nice. Um, and if it's not engagement range, then it will probably be an aura, but essentially a fight last, which is great on a Colt Mechanicus unit. So that will be things like your breaches and also your Electro Priests. Um, you can get exploding fives on those tasers. So anything that can take a taser, exploding fives. Uh, so the tasers aren't normally quite good as the power swords, but in terms of the AP, but you're just going to go for a mass amount of attacks to get but those exploding. That also works on the Dragoons. It does, yeah. It does. Which is, uh, I think, I, I like the Dragoons uh, with that stratagem. I think that could be uh, quite tasty. Yeah. Auspex scan, or it's got a different word, but basically drop within a certain radius and you can shoot it whatever drops in at you. Always handy. Nice. Always utility. Scare, scare your opponent from coming too close to you. Yeah. Stop them dropping in and doing actions and stuff or setting yeah. them up for the, the bait as well. Also cool. Um, then you can use one of your helicopters to turn off auras, auras abilities. Again, very, very nice and useful. And then finally, Golvanic Volley Fire. You can basically turn your 20 man units now of rangers that you can take up to. Normally it's a heavy weapon. It's strength four, but now you can give it rapid fire two. So now a 20 man unit can pump out 40 shots and if you put Wrath of Mars on that, you can give it plus one attack from one of the um, Holy Orders, extra AP if you're in half range. You could chuck on Mars for some extra um, damage as well if you went for that. It's 80 shots in half range. My bad. Because it's Rapid Fire 2. It turns a Heavy 2 weapon into a Rapid Fire 2 weapon. And then you could stack all those buffs on top and you can make it quite potent. But I think you touched on it earlier about... Um, how many buffs is too many buffs on one unit and investing in too much into one trick. I think that's going to be a key balance to consider as an Abmech uh, player. Yeah. You've got to get them there as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that is, you're going to have to get within 15 inches to get that, uh, those 80 shots. I obviously couldn't do math when I tried to times four by 20 and uh, I got 40, but yeah. Um, Great profile as well. If you can get them up to strength five, minus one, minus two damage, then yeah, minus one AP, sorry, one damage. It's just a lot of volume, isn't it? Absolutely. And that concludes my favourite stratagems. Oh, nice. I think, um, I think that uh, nearly brings us to a close for the for this episode, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, today, obviously, was just to give a bit of an overall um sort of viewpoint we've already spoke about some of our standout units as well um I, genuinely i think this book is really fantastic i cannot wait to get it on the table i can't wait to take it to tournaments and i also can't wait to try all the different combinations as well it's not just this is the way to play it there's so many different options here 
Um, and I think there's excitement for so many different of those units. Like I want to pick up a helicopter to see what it can do. I want to pick up some dragoons. Um, I've really got that excitement for the army, which is brilliant. So, um, yeah. And I know in the future we're going to get Nick Kiever on it as well, aren't we? One of our coaches He's a very good admec player to discuss after he's had some time with the book, some of his standout combinations. And with Nick, what we can also do, Jack, is quiz him on how to beat them. That'd be quite good. Uh, definitely. He's, he's a very excited man at the moment and uh, he'll be, he's going to be busy play testing and uh, developing up his own list. So hopefully we can, we can run through what he's learned and um, how he's kind of formed up his list and what, what his takeaways are and his favorite combos and stuff. And uh, yeah, that'd be a great uh, supplementary episode to this one. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, I think that will just really sort of balance out this as well, because we can look at it like how to beat them, some of the best counters, top tips and all those extra elements. So hopefully you've got loads of value from today, guys. And if you would ever like to consider, you know, signing up and joining our academy, where again, our goal is to help people, you know, really command their army. And we do that through helping people gain confidence, clarity, give them community and help you stay composed at all times when you're at the tabletop, no matter who or what you play. So, um, if you want to join the Academy, then check out the blog post or our website and you can see that. And also, I had a little feature at the uh, Warhammer World community, didn't I, this week? Yeah, is it? Um, in, in relation to uh, new pre-orders, wasn't it? Yeah, so the depending on when this comes out, but the pre-orders for the new chapter approved. Uh, it, was, it was awesome to see. It's... Uh... To, to see you get up there and, and produce an article for, for for Games Workshop on stuff that you've been uh, been busy testing in the background. Yeah, it's been a, a huge project, obviously, and something I'm really excited to see how it goes down. Um, and it was really nice to write that article alongside Nick Nanavati of Art of War and then also Mike Brandt as well. So, um, yeah, the they reached out to us and, and yeah, it was an absolute honour. So you can check that out on the Warhammer community site. I can't wait for the new chapter approved to come out. I think it's going to be awesome. I really it do. It looks exciting. It looks like it's going to be a good shake up. You know, we've got some new armies just come recently come out, get some new secondaries. Um, some tournaments are really starting to kick off, um, you know, around the globe. It's going to be, a, I think that meta is going to, going to be a roller coaster over the next uh, new few weeks and months now. I think we're not going to see a meta in a way. I think it's going to be so shook up from, Drakari from Admech, from you know the the residue of um, Death Guard and Dark Angels and everything. It's just going to be so diverse. Mm-hmm. Going to an event, you can't be guaranteed of what or who you're going to play. So, um, I mean, I'm going to an event this weekend, and I'm taking an absolute bonkers list because I just thought this might just be crazy enough to even actually work. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take it, and I'll let you know. Uh, how I get on guys. If it, if I do poorly, we'll never speak of it, but um, yeah, no, I think either way it's going to be an exciting exercise. And I can talk about how on another show, because obviously relating to our tournament series uh, prep road or journey, I'll talk about my mindset in terms of how I've come up with this list and all the preparation I've done for this event. So um, anyway, we'll save that for another episode as we've gone on long enough, but Jack, thanks so much for your time today. No, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah, I've certainly learned a lot about the new Admex. so I'm looking forward to getting stuck in and playing them. Oh, nice. Well, that's good to hear, mate. That's against good. them. Sorry, against them. Oh. Not not with them, against them. So I didn't do a good enough job to convince you yet? No, 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 no. no, no. I'm going to stick to my... Uh, the towel. Sits my towel fishmen, yeah. yeah. 
No, absolutely. And again, thanks so much for everybody that's left us a review recently, got in touch about how you like the podcast being back. So yeah, share it on Instagram, tag us in at the Vanguard Tactics and I'll share and repost your post when, you know, get a screenshot of you listening. I want to find out where you are, who's listening. Um, and if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, it'd be most appreciated. So until next week, take care. <laughs>